I'm Lonnie Diane Rich, and this is How Story Works. Last time, we spoke about the character triangle, how to balance strengths, weaknesses, and vulnerabilities within your character to build the character you want. Today, we're going to talk a bit more about vulnerability because it is possibly the hardest thing to write in character. The reason for that is this simple thing. People don't talk about their vulnerabilities. Think about it. Vulnerability is the thing that can hurt you. Most people are not going to go out there and say, hey, here's my tender underbelly and a sharp stick. Go ahead. Give it a poke. We hide our vulnerabilities, definitely from others, and sometimes even from ourselves. The true secret parts of ourselves that contain our pain, we protect that. So when you are writing a novel, a comic book, a play, a film, and you have a character come right out and say, here is my vulnerability, it feels false. That reads as weaponized vulnerability, which is what happens when a person speaks falsely about vulnerability in order to control the people around them. This is a character who makes people feel sorry for them on purpose, either so others won't take shots at them or to manipulate people into doing what they want them to do out of pity. If you want a character to use weaponized vulnerability, that is definitely fine. It is a legit psychological thing that people do, but it's not real vulnerability. It's manipulation, and that's different. It doesn't help balance your character triangle. Another thing to remember about vulnerability is that a little goes a long way. Once you've shown it, you need to use your brush lightly. You can leave it in the background just brewing while you do other things. That's fine. Come back to it when you need to, but always treat it lightly until you get to the climax when the vulnerability should be directly dealt with. Ideally, your conflict and your vulnerability will go hand in hand. Whatever is at the heart of the conflict should speak to your protagonist's vulnerability. That gives your story power and keeps you always connected with the heart and soul of your protagonist. Let's start with how to express vulnerability. It will vary based on what form you're working in. Novelists, you have it pretty easy. Because of the inherently intimate nature of first-person POV or even deep third-person POV, your character can quite easily speak directly to their vulnerability. In first-person or deep third, you are inside the character's head, which makes speaking to their vulnerability safe. They are, in essence, speaking to themselves, and we are often, although not always, open with our vulnerabilities within ourselves. So for your main character, you can just have them say, I'd been in love with David since the fourth grade, or I didn't want anyone at the reunion to see how fat I'd gotten, so I threw the invitation in the trash. And there you go, Bob's your vulnerability. However, if you want to express the vulnerabilities of your other characters, the ones whose heads we are not in, keep listening to the tips that apply for everyone else, because they will also apply to you. In omniscient third-person POV, which we don't see in use very much, it can be harder to speak to vulnerability. Omniscient third-person is inherently distanced. Film and comic books are also distanced in a similar way. Even when we're following a character deeply, even when we're in their POV as far as the film, comic book play, or video game storytelling is concerned, we can't read their minds, just like we can't read the minds of the people around us, even if we follow them around all day. But we can, and do, read clues. 
We look for clues all the time in the people around us because it's the clues that are unintentionally dropped that tell us the truth about people that they won't tell us themselves. Ever hung out with a friend and noticed that she always changes the subject when you bring up her childhood? That's a clue to something. You may not know exactly what, but it means something. And since she's not deliberately dropping that clue, you are more prone to believe it completely because you picked it up yourself. That's how you get your reader to believe in your story. You drop clues and you let them put those pieces together. Clues that speak to vulnerability are called vulnerability markers. Drop a couple of vulnerability markers around the same territory and you'll get your vulnerability across. Let's look at Guardians of the Galaxy. We open with Peter Quill losing his mother and associating strongly the music on the tapes with his mother. He is taken by an alien ship and then we pick him up 20 years later. He's listening to that music, dancing to it, stealing an orb, having an adventure. He doesn't seem particularly vulnerable until the tape and the player are taken from him. At that point, he risks the mission and his life to get that tape player back. He is vulnerable to that loss, which speaks to love unfulfilled, a massive vulnerability. He has learned to go it alone, to not love, to avoid connection with other people as a response to that pain. If he doesn't love, he can't be hurt like that again. But then we have a story, a main conflict, that requires him to form a team. This team becomes his family. He loves them. And in the end, while using the music from his mother to distract the bad guy, he bonds together with that family to save the galaxy, something he wouldn't have been able to do on his own. And here we've got conflict speaking to vulnerability. A conflict that challenges vulnerability gives you a more powerful story. But nowhere in the story does Peter Quill ever come out and say, I'm still in so much pain from my mother's loss that I won't develop relationships with other people. He can't say that. He may not even be fully aware of it himself. But he works alone. His relationships are surface at best. And he will sooner die than lose that last connection with his mother. Those are all vulnerability markers. Now I want to talk about the process of charging vulnerability markers. That is, giving them power, plugging them in the way that you do with all of your electronic devices. We charged Peter Quill's vulnerability in the opening prologue by blatantly showing the connection between the music and his mother by showing the moment he lost her. And there are arguments to be made about how well that prologue works. It's not telling the current story. It is just charging that vulnerability. We have the same issue in the prologue to Finding Nemo. We aren't telling our story. We are charging that vulnerability. It's my feeling that you can set up and charge vulnerability while telling your story, but it's a lot harder to do. I think it's more effective to drop a few more vulnerability markers subtly around the territory because when your reader has vulnerability shoved in her face, it's just less powerful than the vulnerability she picks up on herself in subtle clues. She's going to believe it more because she ferreted it out herself. Plus, you're not wasting anyone's time with prologues. Prologues are almost always bad, as we discussed in Tangled, which is actually one of the few justifiable prologues I've seen. But we're not talking about prologues now, so I'm going to leave that there. Back to the topic at hand. Okay, so a vulnerability marker is any clue that speaks to a character's true vulnerability. When a man who is usually articulate starts stumbling over his words when a particular woman walks in the room, that is a love vulnerability marker. 
when a woman who is seemingly afraid of nothing goes to great lengths to avoid getting on a plane, that is a fear vulnerability marker. When a high school quarterback watches the new kid on the team throw a perfect pass and then snaps at his little brother, that is an identity vulnerability marker. And when an elegant woman at a party puts her hand over the clasp on her knockoff handbag that would give it away as a fake, that is a shame vulnerability marker. All you have to do is place a few markers around the space where your character is vulnerable and you will charge that vulnerability. Now, not all vulnerabilities are equal. Love and shame are the most powerful. Those will require the most subtle of markers. Identity and fear are less so. You can be a little more direct with those markers and you may need to build a conflict that really challenges those vulnerabilities to make them more powerful. You can tie in love with fear or identity with shame to supercharge vulnerability. It's one vulnerability, but it comes from two sources. Brokeback Mountain, love and shame. Iron Man 3, identity and fear. Now, which one of those would you say is more powerful? Love and shame are the two most powerful vulnerability sources. To have that story in Brokeback Mountain makes that incredibly powerful. In Iron Man 3, there's a lot of great stuff going on, but we're using somewhat weaker vulnerabilities, identity and fear. But when you put them together, they do work together to become even more powerful. All right, that's a lot to think about, so I'm going to let you sit with that for just a bit. Just remember, vulnerability is an incredibly powerful tool, and you must be deliberate and careful in your use of it. The most powerful vulnerability should be in your protagonist. Lighter, even funny vulnerabilities can be at play in your supporting characters. For the next week, return to your favorite characters and stories and see if you can figure out the vulnerabilities. How effective were they? How did they tie in with the conflict? Once you start looking for vulnerability, you will not be able to unsee it. And understanding how it works in your favorite stories will help you build and critique other powerful stories. And that's it for today. If you have questions about how story works, call 302-643-CHIP. That's 302-643-2447 and leave a message. Or you can email me at Lonnie at Chipperish.com or contact me on Twitter at Lonnie Diane Rich or at Chipperish with the hashtag HowStoryWorks. If you're looking for feedback on your story, I offer critiques of novels and screenplays. Visit Chipperish.com and click on For Writers for more information. Thanks so much and I'll see you next time. 